This week, we get inside the head of one of the hungry young lions out there trying to make the Bassmaster Elite Series. Young Cooper Gallant on... I'm Bob Cobb for the Bassmaster. Welcome to Mercer. You're officially halfway through the week. Happy hump day. Happy Wednesday to one and all. Welcome back. I guess it's not welcome back. Some of you might be here for the very first time. So regardless whether you're coming back, you're coming here for the first time, or you're coming here for the last time, welcome. We sure hope it's not the last time. This week's show is going to be a fun one, but before we go into it, I need to give you a moment of total honesty. I'm wishing you happy hump day, and I'm telling you, halfway through the week, and the week hasn't even started. We're recording this on the Friday before. So if there's some big news that happened between Friday and Wednesday when you're watching this, I'm probably going to be behind. But the only thing I promised you guys from the start was that we'll be honest on this show. So yeah, this was pre-recorded. But this is going to be a fun one and a very different one. Um, you know, quite often in... In all sports, I mean, this show is no different. You're always covering people at the top when they're achieving things and doing things like that. But but some of the most intriguing stories of any sport, not just professional fishing, is on the drive, on the climb, uh, you know, on the way up. And Cooper Gallant is no different than a lot of kids out there that are obsessed with making the elite series. There's a bunch of them out there. And he, and he just happens to be the one that lives close to me, you know, in every state in every province, uh, in some areas, in every town, there is somebody so hungry to make the elite series. Some of these young anglers, and it amazes me just how skilled and how ready they are when they get there. But I thought, you know, Coop came one, I think one or two spots away from making the elite series uh, last year. And I just, I thought it'd be a cool interview just to, to take things from him. You know what I mean? He's just so obsessed with the sport right now. In his mind, all he wants to do is fish. Like just nothing get in his way. Let him fish. That's all in his head. All he wants to do. And it's really an amazing time uh, in the sport, you know, for, for any sport, you know, that when you get to get inside that athlete's head when they're climbing up. Because some of the stuff he says here today might he might not agree with five years from now. Some of it may be very telling five years from now. But, I mean, let's not think about five years from now. That's way too far from now. Let's just talk about now. And let's bring him in right now. Cooper Gallant. Coop, we are finally doing this. We, we, we I've tried to do this for a while. And literally, you have been a vagabond on the road with no Wi-Fi signal. You got it. Yeah. Been on the road a lot. It's, uh, it's been fun. So you're home now and, and that's your tackle room, correct? Yeah. Tackle room slash bedroom slash man cave. It's, <laughs> this is where all the organizing goes down throughout the winter. Dude, the thing about you that really intrigues me and kind of always has is um, for whatever reason, it, and it's not everybody that's fished with you, but for whatever reason, you're one of those people that it feels like everybody's your friend, like everybody's behind you, like your whole career. It really does feel like an excessive amount of people feel that Coop's their buddy and and 
you know, do you feel that from people? Do you feel the the amount of support you have behind you, especially oh. in this area, obviously in Ontario? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I have a lot of close friends that I've met throughout the fishing industry. And, and that's what's so cool about the fishing industry. It's full of amazing people um, here in Canada and the U.S. I mean, even over the past two, three years of me fishing down south, I've... I've gained some relationships with some pretty awesome people. And that's one of my favorite things about this whole game is just the amazing people that are, are surrounded throughout it. So a lot of people are probably meeting you for the first time on this podcast, you know, a lot of us viewers and that sort of thing. Um, tell me about like, what, when did your dream start? You know, I know, but they don't know like what, when did this all start for you? Yeah. I've, I fished all my life. I started, you know, my dad and, my parents put a, a fishing rod in my hand when I was five years old and and I grew up on the shores of Lake Ontario and we're surrounded by obviously Lake Ontario, Lake Scugog, Simcoe, a bunch of amazing fisheries, a bunch of creeks that are full of steelhead that run into Lake Ontario. So I was fortunate enough to fish for a variety of different species growing up and I got into bass fishing when I was about 12, 13 years old and I joined the local Bass Nation Club and I fished as a high school student with my tournament partner, Danny. And, you know, we had a good few years doing that. We actually made it down to the States, fished some high school stuff down South. And, and that's where it all really started was, was through the high school program. But, you know, there's a lot of people whose parents introduced them to fishing. And they're not doing what you're doing. Uh, so what happened? What's what was different about you? Like, tell me about that feeling. Did did I mean for me? I, I just know from the first time I fished. I mean, I knew that this is something I need to do more, and I need to investigate. Like, I I, I knew I was going to be obsessed with it, and and have been my whole life. What was that feeling for you? that's the hardest question. Like I've got asked this question many times and it's a hard one to answer because I don't, I don't know why I love it so much. I don't know. I just do. It's, it's, I live for it. I grew up doing it my whole life. And, and like I said, I obviously love the people within the fishing industry and, and just scratching new fishing adventures off the bucket list and fishing for different species. And then obviously tournaments, that's my biggest passion fishing competitively, but um, yeah, it all, it, it all started when I was younger doing that high school stuff. And, and we were fortunate enough to win one down in the States on the St. Lawrence. And I think that was the tournament that was like, yeah, I want to fish competitively. I want to try and make it, you know, it's, there's no better feeling than, than driving in with a sack full of fish to weigh in knowing you got it. Do, do you even feel that there's, and I don't mean this from an arrogant way at all, but do you even feel that there's an option of you not making it? I like to think there's not, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm gonna, yeah, I really want to do it. It's, it's, as you know, Dave, it's so hard. There's so many good anglers out there and, but it's doable. If you put your mind to it and you, and you work hard at it and, you know, and, and, and I'm lucky too. I have, I have amazing support from, you know, my sponsors again, friends, and then, and then yeah. my family. So I think that's a big part of it. So hopefully, uh, I'm in a good position where I'm able to do it. You know, I'm still living at home, so I'm going to give it my all and, and try and make it happen. 
What do your parents think of that? I mean, I know my parents, when I told them I wanted to fish for a living, they just were like, it was a nightmare to them. They were just like, how do, how do you even do that? Yeah. At first it was <laughs> like, at first they were, they didn't really understand. And like, but the more and more they started coming to weigh-ins, meeting people, coming to the fishing shows and, and then just seeing how it all worked and, and stuff like that. Like, it's funny. Now my dad watches more Bassmaster Live than I do. He's right into it. He's actually, he signed up for the first open on Kissimmee as a co-angler. So oh, wow. He's not even a bass fisherman. He just loves it. <laughs> well, that's cool. That's, that's, but what, so is there, do you have something in you that makes you feel that, like, I mean, it's an odd occupation and, and even the people in it, it is such a freakishly low percentage of success. You know, the amount of success that you're going to have is so low what what's in you that makes you think that you can make it in, in such a tough, tough sport? I mean, there's, there is a Cooper Gallant in every single bass club in the States. You know what I mean? Really? They're, they're, you know, the, the odds. Yeah, for sure. The, the odds are slim. Um, yeah. Like, I don't know if I'm going to make it. I don't in my head, I'm going to make it, but I mean, it's, it's so hard and, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just, I don't know. I just, I have so much confidence, which I know is key to this game. Yeah. Um, and I know I have a big passion for it. Like, it's ridiculous. Like I, throughout the winter here in Ontario, I get the jitters just thinking about bass fishing, talking to you right now, just thinking about it gets me fired up. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just love it so much. And, I just have the mindset that, you know, I'm going to keep doing it until I make it. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. But uh, at the end of the day, I love it. And if I, if I don't make it, the journey is what it's all about. Yeah, no, that is the truth. That is the truth. It's, um, and I don't, I, I honestly, there's no part of me that thinks that you won't make it. And I, and I don't mean that, that you're guaranteed to make the elite series. Cause, but I just feel like you bring so many pieces to the table you're going to make it. You know what I mean? Whether you make it as a tournament angler, whether you make it as a guy who catches giant muskies in Lake of the Woods on camera, I feel like you'll be a professional angler all your life. And I, if I was a betting man, I'd, I'd think that you'll make the Elite Series one day. Speaking of the Elite Series, three Canadians on it. What is that? Has it done anything? Like, what does that do to somebody like you, a young lion that says, I want to do that? And now you're watching three guys that, you know, two of them, especially you grew up right beside. Yeah. Um, what does that do to you? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I've looked up, I still look up and like, I know Chris and Corey and I look up to them like crazy. They're like two of my biggest fans in the, in the fishing world. Cause I think it's so cool what they've done. They absolutely destroyed in the Canadian scene. They made it to the elite series and they're destroying in the elite series. And for me, seeing that is just a big motivation for me. Because, you know, you know, it's possible, you know, there was that one time everyone said, oh, no Canadian will ever make it down there. And look, Chris and Corey did it. Gussie did it. I look up yeah. to Gussie as well. They're all super guys. And I really, really look up to all those boys. Yeah, it's 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 very cool. And I, I, and I think about that every time they have some of those moments, I think about like how many other and not just you, but I'm talking about 10 year old Canadian kids watching that 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 are 
right now just fall in love with the sport. They have something to look to. It's an achievable and an obtainable goal. Um, but what those guys have done is really is it's pretty incredible when you look at their track record. Um, why do you think they're as good as they are? Why, I mean, let's and we'll talk about Gussie, too, but let's just specifically. I know you spent a lot of time with the Johnsons. Why do you think the Johnsons are as good as they are? Their mindset, for sure. Um, and then time on the water. They, they spend a lot of time on the water and uh, all they want to do is win. And they just did, flat out love it. Did it bother you that, that they were fishing that open that you were leading? Like, was there a little party? You ha- I'm sure there had to be a little tiny part of you when you put your head in the pillow and you're leading going into the final day and thought, I wish Corey and Chris would have just stayed home for this one. Uh, no, not really, not really, to be honest. But in the back of my head, I was thinking... I need to catch 25 because I know Corey's going to catch 25. So it was like, I need 25. If I don't catch 25, I'm not going to have a shot at winning. And sure enough, Corey came in with 26, but uh, you know, it's cool. I'd honestly, I'd rather them be there because if you win, it's even more of an accomplishment having those boys there and, and beating them. So no, I think it's great having them there in the tournament. Yeah, no, I, and I agree. I think, you, you, I mean, if, if you're going to, you can't avoid them because if your goal is going to work out sooner or later, you guys are going to have a collision course. And, and I think that's kind of the fun thing. Like I really, as a spectator sitting from the outside, it's awesome to watch. I mean, I really feel in the last two years, your angling ability has skyrocketed. Like I think you've really grown a lot in the sport. Would you not agree with that? Yeah, the last two years have definitely been the highlight of of my tournament fishing out of all the years I've done it. Um, and I think the reason being is just I've spent way more time on the water. Um, yeah, t- time on the water is key. Like I'm this summer, I was on the water every single day. I don't. I think I might have missed one or two days. So that's definitely key. Key to the whole game is just being out there and. When guys say, you know, it's all about experience, it's true because when you're out there for days on end and you're you're out there constantly, you're you're constantly learning. Yeah, uh, that's obviously the biggest key to all this. Do you think an off season, having a legit off season where your water literally turns hard, is a disadvantage for you in that part of your goal to make it as a pro angler? So regular off season, like so, the open start back up in January, so it's a little off season. I yeah. like. You know, having two and a half months off, two months off, get everything ready, get organized. But before, when I wasn't doing the opens, for sure. I mean, like it's a long way. It's a long winter here in Ontario, for sure. Do you assess your ability at the end of the season? Like, how, how do you continually get better? I mean, it's I'm assuming it's like any other sport, you know, where you identify areas of weakness. Do, do you do that at the end of the season or do you just learn naturally yeah not so much no not at the end of the season like after a tournament on the you know 10 15 hour drive home i'll think about it and and just put it behind me and then just you know go into another event just have that in the back of your head and and just keep moving forward but no at the end of the year i just i honestly just blank that whole year out and just start focusing on the year ahead and by focusing on the year ahead what kind of what do you what are you what are you doing now to prepare for tournaments in january Just getting tackle ready, uh, finalizing everything with sponsors. And I've got a bunch of footage on my hard drive. So I'm still making videos from this past summer and fall. 
So that takes a while to edit. You know, I'll, I have a solid two weeks in my bedroom here, eight hours a day on the computer editing. So a lot of that, but uh, yeah, just, just getting ready, making sure I've got everything dialed and making sure I have everything and uh, stuff like that. It doesn't sound like a lot, but once you start doing it, you're like, oh, I need this. I need to order this. I need to, you know, you know how it is. Well, I mean, and that off season's key too. You want to eliminate all the downtime, all those trips to yep. a UPS store to pick up a package that you overnighted and spent too much on some baits that you could have just packed. You know yep. what I mean? It's, it's, it's just, that's what I've always found. Like when people say to me, people will say, well, what's the difference between the elite series pros? And this isn't just the elites. I mean, the MLF guys, the top level pros. And I think this is for every sport, but I, I literally respond to people. And I'm like everything. And, and people are shocked when you say that, because sure, you got, you know, guys are casting, to, but you literally have to eliminate every distraction and, and throw yourself into the sport. Like it's, you have to become immersed with it. And I think that's, that's when anglers are their, their most lethal. Uh, you, you know, like if you look in historically when they're totally obsessed with it and immersed with it, is that what your experience was like when you were down South, when I was trying to book you for this show and you're like, well, I'm not, I'm sleeping in the truck right now. I, I, I might get a hotel this week. Is that, Am I hearing a guy that is totally immersed in this sport? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Like when I'm, when I'm on the road, I'm, uh, I usually travel solo. Uh, my dad swings along sometimes, but, uh, yeah, when I'm in there, I block everything out and I'm not, I'm not talking to anyone. I'm just, I'm just focused. I need to know what I have to do in order to do good in the next tournament. And, you know, if there are long days on the water up, First thing in the morning, back in at nine o'clock, you go eat dinner and make a game plan for the next day and then just do it all over again. But yeah, I, I block everything out and I just focus on, on what needs to be done. So what needs to be done for you in your career? But moving forward, like I'm sure there's parts of it that you're like, man, I, this is part of my game that... I like when you were, when you were traveling the States in between tournaments, you were fishing lots of different fisheries and I'm assuming learning, correct? Yeah, for sure. For sure. I was, uh, I was down on Cherokee pre-practice already. I went to Ross Barnett and, uh, just looking around. I've never been there before. Right. So, and we're there next year for the open. So I just, you know, put probably a hundred hours on the Merc, just looking around, seeing the lake. That way, when I come down, I, I know what the lake looks like. I, you know, just, just, just to get an idea of the layout of the lake. And then that, that's a huge, huge thing because, you know, if you've never fished a lake before and you go there for five days, chances are three days of your practice are, are no good. Like you spent <laughs> days just looking around, but I've already got that out. I know what the lake looks like and, and I have a good idea of what I'm going to be doing when I go down. So it definitely helps doing that. What do you take from that pre pre practice? You know what I mean? Months ahead, and you go down, and you're you're just, it, like, do you totally erase all the fishing information, or or do you keep that? Is it just about learning the lake? Like, what what is applicable a few months later? Yeah, for me, it's just like just learning the lake. Like I I don't care to catch a a fish when I'm there. I could care less to to roll up and start whacking on a bunch of fish because chances are when I'm back there in the spring they're they're not going to be there. So I'm just looking around, um, you know, where the shallower flats are, where the deep timber is, where some nicer creeks look like, good 
lay down, just little stuff like that. And just getting an idea of, of what everything looks like. I don't, I don't care to catch them. So I've asked several anglers this and, and everybody has some answers are similar. Some are, some are very different, but I want you to break down three tasks in fishing uh, and just per percentage. If you're building the ultimate tournament angler, uh, number one is, is knowledge. That's your knowledge of the body of water you're fishing, the history, all that sort of stuff. Number two is your physical skill. So how you can cast, you know, your ability to uh, fish. <laughs> and number three is your mental power and your attitude. Break those three characteristics down into percentages. And obviously the total has to be 100. So, sorry, Dave, say those three again. Knowledge, knowledge of the body of water. Yeah. Physical ability, and number three, mental and attitude. I would say mental attitude would be 70. Wow. Knowledge of the body of water would be 20. Wow. And 10% fishing ability, for me anyway. I've always said I'm better at finding them than I am catching them because usually catching them is easier than finding them. So, wow, that's high. But, but I mean, yeah. that seems to be the way it skews, you know, because I mean, it, you can, I mean, everything can be right. And if your head's not in the game, yeah, I mean, yeah. it, it, why do you think fishing's like that? Is it because it's so long? I mean, you look at other sports, a long sport is something that lasts three hours, unless you're talking about what is it cricket they play for days that's ridiculous sport just yeah. so you know i've never played it but if any sport you play for days is weird but is do you think it's the length of time is is that why it's so mental uh i think that's definitely part of it and then the other part is just little things like losing a big one are you able to shake that off and are you able to shake that off right away and just keep fishing or you know some guys that'll be in their head for the next two hours and they don't realize it, but you are fishing differently when yeah. you're thinking about something else. Like you need to be, you need to be dialed and you need to be just focused and, and mentally prepared for that next bite, not thinking about what just happened, you know, an hour ago. So I think that's huge. Do you find yourself while competing? Do you find yourself having to refocus yourself? Do you, do you find that or do you, think that's one of your strengths where you can stay totally locked in and, and not let anything. Yeah. I, I think it's one of my, my strength. I, I zone out eh? <laughs> I, I do. And I don't know. I just like, sometimes I zone out so much. I forget I'm even in a tournament. Like I'm just, like, <laughs> but no, I think it's, uh, it's definitely one of my skills I'd say, but uh, there is times for sure where, I'd be lying if I didn't say there's times where I, it's taken me a bit to shake some stuff off. Like I've lost some, even last year in the opens, I lost some key fish that, you know, screwed me up for, for a good hour. So it, it's definitely hard, but at the end of the day, just knowing that if you can just shake it off and just stay focused, you're, you're going to be better off. You were one spot out, I believe of the elites this year, two spots out. Do you, how did that affect you? Did it, getting that close, did it affect you in any way? Um, not really, because like looking back, Dave, 
if I were to have made the elites last year, I honestly don't think I'm ready. I'm not. And I'm just being straight up honest with you. And like, be, by coming that close, it just makes me want it that much more. I'm going to go fish all nine next year and I'll be able to learn a lot more and just prepare myself more if I ever do make it. Because I, I honestly think if I did make it last year, season's happening so quick, I wouldn't have been able to, I, I just not ready yet as far as, you know, the fishing aspect of it, sponsors and all that. But uh, yeah, that's just my honest opinion on that. I think that shows maturity, though. Like, there's a lot of people. I mean, Chris Grow last week uh, on this very podcast said, man, I made the Elite Series one year too soon, in his opinion. Um, and I think I, I think that's huge because when you take to account that you're saying 70% of it is mental, you want to be prepared. You know what I mean? You don't want your first season to be a drubbing, <laughs> you know, because literally one bad season on the Elites can scar an angler for a long, long time. There's some great anglers that, that literally, I mean, that's the only way to explain it. They get scarred from, you know, how tough it is to make a living. Um, so I think timing is everything. And I think that says a lot about you, that you're mature enough to identify that uh, it, it would have been too soon. Cause I, cause I totally expected you to say, no, no, I, I would have gone, but, but I think that's a smarter decision to, to, to learn. I mean, also you, you fished three opens, right? Like you didn't fish all nine last year. So go learn where it's easier to learn. Cause it's, it's not easy to learn on the elite series. No, exactly. Exactly. And no, I'm excited for next year. Like you said, I just did the three Northerns last year and had a pretty good run at it. So, you know, the stars align for this year and I'm, I'm going to hop in all nine and it's going to be a good year. I'm going to learn a lot and fish my brains out and try and try and make it happen. I got, four opportunities to to make the elites so it's going to be a blast and the journey is is going to be fun I, I i i love traveling i love fishing new bodies of water and then of course i love learning meet new people so it's it's going to be a good year and I, i'm just getting the jitters talking about it right now i can't wait to get out of this cold weather and, and head down to florida for the first one what what you say that I mean you want to be on the road. I mean if you had, if you had it in in your way you'd you'd never be home. Really correct? Oh, for sure, I love it. <laughs> I love it. Like even at that uh, at the last at the Bass Pro Shops U.S. Open said if we cash like a good check we get like a top five I'm I'm staying down here all year. I just love it. I love traveling and again fishing new bodies of water. I love it. Well, and that's 1000% what you're supposed to do now. I mean, if you were in another line of work, if it doesn't matter what you do, if you were selling insurance, how old are you? 23, 24? Yep. So that's the point in your life where you're supposed to be hammering down and working harder than you ever have. You know, this is what everything you invest now hopefully helps you reap reward down the road. Um, Does it, what do you, you here's one thing that's different about you and a lot of elite series pros and that's that's also geographically but you fish for a lot of different species there's a lot of elite series guys that are, they're bass anglers that's what they fish for what do you think those other species do you learn stuff that helps you in tournaments or is it just you're so obsessed with fishing that you have to catch something uh, i'm just so obsessed with fishing to be honest dave i love it all uh again i just love yeah, I love it all. I love mosquito fishing. I love carp fishing. We even do carp every spring. It's a blast. 
anything that pulls line and anything that involves getting a fishing rod, casting it out there and hooking one, I'm all over it. You've been to several classics um, and I've seen you sitting right, standing right down there in the splash wall, somebody in your position and you've been at for several years. What goes through your mind when you're there? Are you just watching or are you like too distract? I would think if I'm Coop, I'm too distracted by the thoughts of when I get to go there one time to even enjoy what's going on. That, that was another, like going back to when we were talking about like what makes you want to get there. And the first classic I ever went to was like, yeah, I want to get here. And I think, I think I've been to four of them now. I missed the one last year because of COVID and stuff, but every time I go there just fuels the fire even more. And, you know, it's usually at the beginning of the tournament season, right? Cause it's in like Marchish. So it just gets me fired up for the season and just reminds me every time I'm there, how bad I want to be on that stage one day. Well, I mean, I, I hope you make it dude. I mean, I really, I really do. I think you have everything it takes to make it, but I mean, there's a lot of people who have everything that takes in every sport to make it. I mean, but ultimately it all goes down to work. I think honestly, like, I mean, and, and that doesn't seem to be something you're scared of. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, like I said, it's, it's what I want to do. I love it. And I'm obsessed with it. We're going to, we're going to give it our all. And like you said, I'm at the right age where, you know, I'm still living at home. I'm able to do it. So I'm going to give it a run and, and hopefully we can make it happen. And who knows, maybe one day I'll be, I'll be fishing it and talking you up on the stage. So you said that last year wasn't the right time in your head, timeline wise, when is the right time? If you could, I mean, obviously if the right times when it all lines up, yeah, you can't control that. But if you could in your head, well, what do you, when, when do you think is the right time? Um, the next three years. That's a good, I mean, that's a strong goal. I don't know when, like I'd like it to be end of next year, but three, next three years. I mean, I think that's, that's the right way to go into it. Growing up, who were the pros you looked up to? Chris Corey, 100%. Chris and Corey, Gussie, um, guys like Polinick. He's a, he's a beauty with, you know, he's just so good at all. He does the videos. He does, he wins. Like he's just an incredible angler. His thought process behind everything is insane. Um, KVD, just because he is the best to ever hold a fishing rod. Yeah. And uh, to be honest, Dave, guys like you who had their own TV show, Azumi, I looked up to all you guys growing up. So thank you. Well, I, I think you I think you looked up to uh, some people, but you you've done some cool stuff yourself, man. And to watch, you know, to watch both you and Danny. I mean, I, I'd love to have Danny on here, too, because yeah. I mean, both both of you, like if you look at how rare what you guys just in this last year did, you know what I mean? Like you were down fishing the last opens and then you, get, then, you know, he was going down to fish the Bass Nation Championship and then you both went to fish the Johnny Morris deal worth a million bucks. I mean, it. you guys have to feel like you're both making your mark at this point. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a fun year for sure. It was, it was the best year I've ever had in the whole tournament scene and both here in Canada and in the States. And we're just, we're both super thankful and fortunate to be able to do it. And, uh, yeah, very thankful. I mean, 
I'm, I'm very lucky that, that I'm able to travel and do it and, and try and give it a shot. Very thankful. It, it, it's, it's been a lot of fun to watch and I can't wait until uh, next year. So call your shots. Tell me what lakes you're most excited about. Uh, I think Cherokee is going to be a fun one. Put a bunch of hours there in between tournaments about a month back and it, it looks like it's going to, it's going to be a fun one. There's some big smallies out there, largemouth too. Um, to be honest, I'm really looking forward to going back to Florida. I fished my first ever open on Kissimmee. I ended up having mechanical issues and I had to drop out, but uh, I love that place. It's like a big Lake Scugog. It's, it's very cool. And you know, a lot of people back or down in the States think that that's so new to us, but it's really, yeah. we have a lot of fisheries up here that look like Florida. So I feel comfortable down there. I'm looking forward to that one as well. I'm looking forward to all of them. It's going to be a, a big learning curve and, I'm excited about it. Really the biggest, I mean, I, I used to think years ago, a Canadian going down there has got so much to learn, but if you look now, I mean, they've almost got a better advantage than a lot of people. Like if you're, if you're from Oklahoma, I mean, there's a lot of things you're not used to dealing with, you know what I mean? Grass and all sorts of things. I'd say the one thing that Canadians kind of really have to learn is, 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 um, tidal waters uh yeah. we just don't deal with that a lot um but but i mean i would say especially where we live in ontario i would say our water's a lot more diverse than, than anybody even imagines or than i even imagined before i worked down south no you're right you're 100 right dave and yeah back to tidal waters that's another one that's uh a big learning curve for me we got uh, the james river next year we got chesapeake so i've done tidal water four or five times now and i'd say i i've got lots to learn but uh, i'm looking forward to to learning more and getting down there and trying to trying to figure something out the james is a cool place i like that place why i don't know I many think. people hate it like you that is one of those ones traditionally people be like oh i, I like, like you that. and paul nick are the only people that like it i think <laughs> I, I i never even caught him either i ended up like 60 something 68 or something but no, I just liked it. Never caught them, but I, I liked how it fished and uh, I'm looking forward to, to going there and trying to do a little bit better than I did last year. Did you miss something there? Like, is that why you're excited? Like, and I don't need you to give it to me right now, but is there something like you're like, man, if I had a mulligan to do that one over again, I think I can do better. Yeah, a little bit. Not crazy, but there was a few few things that I wish I could have redone or changed throughout the tournament. But uh, yeah. It, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch your future, dude. And and I, I will say, I don't think it's a question of whether you do or don't make it. I mean, I think you make it. It'll just, nobody knows what, you know, tails or trail it will take. You know what I mean? Like, literally, I, I mean, I feel like I used to be you, dude. Like, at your age, you know what I mean? Like Where you're just like, I. I know you won't say it because it's because it, fishermen are weird and they don't say things because they're like, I'll curse myself. But I, I look at people like yourself and I'm like, well, of course they're going to make it because they're not going to stop until they do make it. Right. <laughs> like literally, they, I mean, look at your life. I mean, that's your bedroom behind you. Where do you even hang clothes? I mean, you're obsessed I, by fishing. Yeah, I'd show you my room, but it's pretty embarrassing how messy it is right now. <laughs> <laughs> Got clothes everywhere, tackle boxes thrown all over the floors. 
but yeah, no, it's uh, it'll be a good ride, Dave. And uh, like I said, I'm excited to get it rolling and get the season started. And yeah, hopefully we'll see you on that stage in the next next two three years. Make it happen, dude. Only you can do that. Um, and uh, I look forward to watching it. And I hope some of the people that watch this fine programming look forward to it too. Coop, you got anything else for me, or is that it? That's it. Just big thank you to you, Dave. Everyone watching. Appreciate it, guys. Let's hope some people watch. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. Well, that was a pretty unique look inside the young mind of a great angler that I think has a really, really great future ahead of him. Um, but that one thing that stood out in the whole interview, if you ask me, was just... You have to be obsessed. If you want to make the elite series, if you want to make the top level in anything, you need to be all in. And Coop is all in. I mean, there's, you saw his room. I mean, that that's everything. It's his man cave. It's his bedroom. It's his fishing room. It's his dining room. It's, it's the cave that he hibernates in and obsesses over this sport. And, um, I hope some of that showed through. I, I really hope that some of you saw the true passion and love that Coop has. And, and Coop's no different than so many people. I'm sure as you're watching this, you're like, that's like so-and-so, or that's like so-and-so that's, that's trying. And there's no better story than people when they're building their way up. And um, it'll be a pretty proud day for me when I see Coop on that stage. Because I honestly do believe I will see him. But hey. The only thing I'm worried about right now is seeing you next week. So come back here next week, and it's all I got for you. Have a great week. Enjoy being, and uh, Bob Cop, take it away. Thanks for watching. Please like, comment, and subscribe. Because Bob Cop of the Bassmasters told you to. You hear? <laughs>